Let's give it up for Rufinos. Let's go, you guys. We're back with the Fetus Podcast. Hey guys, episode three. I don't know. Episode three, the third one we've recorded for sure. Not really sure how chronologically this, when this will actually come out. Uh, we're back, but it doesn't matter. With a little less energy, but a little more time, and a little more emotion. <laughs> Maybe this is uh, <clears throat> this is our song called an attempt this is our analysis of that song and our conversation about that analysis which will happen simultaneously welcome to the fetus podcast a podcast where we break down songs from our album delete your account and And uh talk about the meaning behind the the songs the songs uh right well let's get into it buddy so this song is called an attempt that's like what we called it from the. I don't know why. I think it was because we were trying something new. It was because we were trying really fucking hard to get this song to work. Yeah, yeah, and, and so we, and we were really frustrated with. Well, it, so. this is one thing I will say. This song was really hard to make. Whoa! And mm-hmm. we remember how we had three, at least three different sessions, like three times that we tried to make this song. I think that's why it's called an attempt because we yeah. tried to record it. It was one of many. Pretty much failed. Attempts. Pretty much failed. Tried it again, failed again, and then on like the third session or something, we just named it an attempt. I yeah. I think so. Yeah, so I think it started out with um, you coming up with this guitar part, as oftentimes our songs do begin with. True. Um, pretty simple guitar part that was kind of like. In a lot of ways, reminiscent of a lot of the songs that we wrote on our last album, which were just involved a lot of guitar layers and a lot of singing, etc. And that was kind of the vision that we had for this one was to be sort of stylistically similar to like the Lizard King or yeah. even a tribute to you, baby, which were both singles off of our last album. Um, Very true. And so, yeah, it was kind of like a hey, like, check out this thing. Like, that's kind of similar to what we used to do. Like, let's do it. And that was when we were still kind of trying to figure out how this album sounded, like, and and how exactly we wanted it to sound. And so the song is kind of different from the other ones in the fact that it has no rapping in it. And True. there's really a limited amount of synth sounds. It's really just a lot of guitar work and, like, Basically, we really dove in deep on the instrumentation, like, deep. in a new... Yeah, we took it to the next level, honestly. And I think a lot of people maybe won't really appreciate that or recognize the fact that it is so complex and there are so many layers to it because, honestly, we got really carried away with the amount of layers in this song, which it turned out great. 
and yeah. I really like it. But it kind of started out with that guitar part, and then you showed it to me, um, and I don't even know exactly how well, or could, if it even it matters how like we wrote it. But oh, I can explain a little bit. Yeah, sure. Why don't you uh, give it a go? A lot of times when I have a creative block or something, I'm just having trouble getting inspiration. I'll try to start with something really simple. Mm-hmm. So that first line that you hear in the song, just those three notes uh, on the guitar are really, really raw. Um, that's that's what I started with, and that's what I wrote. Mm-hmm. I built every single part off of that, which yeah. is kind of the way that I think and the way that I produce a lot of times is start with something, an idea, something simple, and then just let that play for a while and then think of something else and put that on top. Sort of usually think of the way that I write as like building blocks or almost like Legos. And that's kind of how this these guitar parts came together when I was writing it was just one and then add this and then add another one so yeah i remember you writing that and it sounds i don't know it sounds fairly different than how it did from the beginning but you kind of wrote the guitar part and then we started kind of talking about different ideas um about how we could make the song interesting and we were like hey what if we tried to write another part of this song or have this song be in, in a different meter um which is something really i me- think we talked about one i think we talked about wanting to do that i think yeah when we on. conceptualized this album before we even started it we were like that'd be really cool if we had different key signatures um, and tempo different tempos and different yeah tempo changes and meter changes and different meters i think a lot of our music most of our music at least Fetus's music has been in four four, and this song switches between four four and five four, which is sort of the was a major accomplishment for us to write something that switched between those two meters, and it switched a lot. So first we kind of wrote the four four part. Yeah. And then I yeah. think I added a few things to it with guitar wise maybe or or maybe well, i didn't I, add anything until we started writing the i five, ended up part. i remember writing the five four part when you were helping your brother move remember that day in my basement when we were and then i think starting to write it and we were like whoa what if we tried to do this in five four and then you we kind of you know we put on a click track in five four i think yeah and ended up and then we started messing around and in the end it's probably one of the most completely like co-written songs on this album like almost yeah it's not it's not so much that you wrote 
you know, the guitar, and then I wrote all the keys, and then you wrote all the singing, and then I wrote all the raps, which is something that kind of, that sort of way of writing happens a lot with us, but this one was literally like, okay, I have this guitar part, and then I was like, okay, I'll also write a guitar part over it, and then, Mm -hmm. oh, uh, I have, let's sit down and then write out all these lyrics, and let's write out even the bass line was kind of... I was playing the bass, but you were and kind I'm, of telling me ideas for what to do. Exactly. Um, and then the drum part... I guess the drum part was large in part Daniel's work. Yeah. Um, because we couldn't... The drum part that we had in 5-4 was really weird and just kind, just of, kind of dumb, sucked. honestly. Yeah. Um. He really brought that to life. And yeah, he wrote the 5-4 part for the song, and then we kind of co-wrote the 4-4 part with him. I think something that's cool about this song is just that, um, I don't know, like, I even have trouble remembering who wrote some of the lyrics or who wrote a bunch of the guitar parts. It's just like, to us, it kind of got to a place where it was so back and forth Mm -hmm. that, I don't know, it all just kind of blurred into one. Yeah, and that it was really... This definitely was one of our more... This took a long time. Yeah, like really intentional kind of, okay, let's do this, sit down and hash this out and make it happen. And honestly, not the whole time was super enjoyable. Yeah. It no, was... It's true. Kind of sucked for a while. Yeah, like the, the, stuff. the bottom line was that we just tried to do some of the craziest stuff that we could do. And we were like, whoa, okay, now let's play the 4-4 part for a couple measures and then switch back to 5-4 and then switch back to 4-4 and then switch back to 5-4 and then switch back to 4-4 for a whole verse and then do it all over again and then let's do it again and then let's have an end section that's even less predictable and and I'll write all these new guitar parts that never even repeat. Um, And it just sort of became this really long song of kind of us just getting a little really kind of technical in, in you know a fairly simple way i guess you know it's not there's definitely bands that do a lot more than us and that was the thing sense, we wanted it to still us, be a simple song it wasn't supposed to be crazy fast shredding or anything it was still supposed to be kind of melancholy and slow but also have mm-hmm. some weird difficult to write parts in it so the bottom line is just that we were really trying to push ourselves um as musicians when we were writing this song and yeah i mean it's not necessarily super exciting to dive into any more than that other than it was really fucking hard (laughs) we went through a lot of different versions of this song and a lot of different uh this is the song that the verse from Round two was taken from, which we talked about in one of the earlier yeah. episodes, um, that we just tried. We tried a lot of different lyrics and a lot of different ways of combining the different sections. And even and writing writing a lyric part or lyrics or uh, a melody line. Over a 5-4 part, really part was Over a 5-4 part was hard. And you actually tried to write a rap. I tried to write a rap. Over I also tried to write a rap, and neither of them worked out. I mean, yeah. you, you went real, like... We almost put your rap on this song. That's, That's the thing. We I, recorded it. We mixed it. It was pretty much done, and then we just decided we this just is like, this sucks. I think that was one of the most frustrating things is that we would spend so much time trying to get something that worked, and then we would do it, and then it just wouldn't work. Yeah. And then we just deleted it enough to start over. It was really frustrating. So this was kind of a frustrating process, unlike Para, which was really fast and easy and... 
Yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily so much that we were like, oh, wow, look at this song I wrote. Let's just, oh, I wrote this. This is so magical. Yeah. This is so fun. This is so free-flowing. It was really a process that was difficult and took a lot of effort to be yeah that to be motivated and intentional enough to to hash it out and actually make it work when we could have just realistically there were a lot of times when we could have just decided it wasn't gonna turn out well we we considered splitting this track into multiple songs because it was just getting so out of hand but we really wanted to keep it all together into one kind of crazy big i don't know i mean we spent time playing through it and playing through every part and trying to make it work and it, which we don't usually necessarily do play a song a bunch on a bunch of times until we can play it so we can well play enough our own to record parts. even you know yeah because we just we couldn't even play the stuff that we'd written that was kind of i feel like the things which really is hard. why it was so cool because we were kind of pushing ourselves yeah that's and, and figuring out i had never played a song on guitar that was in 5-4 before um and so even that was really neat to be like wow i can i can do this this is sweet in the end it turned out to be something i think we're both really proud of i mean mm-hmm. just the amount of work that it took to put to get it out and like, yeah in the end it every part is pretty unique there's a lot of different sections a lot of changes which yeah I don't know. Yeah, so let's let's talk about uh, the lyrics a little bit now and kind of what went maybe into a lot. that. Um, yeah, maybe a lot. There's a lot of stuff here. Um, even the lyrics for this song are... Yeah, that took a long time, too. Took a long time. These lyrics were completely co-written. We we pretty much just sat down and, and wrote the, the entire entirety of the lyrics together. Yeah, and I mean after, you know, however many attempts at writing our own thing on our own trying to get a verse or anything that would honestly go with it where you know i remember the day that we sat down and we were just like we're just gonna go through and write pretty much everything line by line together and we're not gonna use it unless we both like it Mm -hmm. which i think we also did for the lizard queen which that's a really long process yeah yeah totally so um i guess we can just kind of start going down the line here the first set of lyrics is she braided my hair and tied up my dog i was too confused to say no so i just brushed my teeth and went to bed um and that you know the way that we started that song off was um with those lyrics and she braided my hair and tied up my dog it's kind of about a girl that i met at a show um who i just really didn't have the effort to talk to and who was kind of wanting to talk and wanting to interact and be friends. And I just sort of felt, I didn't really feel like I was in the place at that time to really try to even be friends with her. And so in some senses, this song is fairly metaphorical and that line. So I just brushed my teeth and went to bed. It's just sort of a metaphor of me just not even trying and kind of giving up, you know? I think when we write lyrics together, they end up being a lot more metaphorical and a lot more cryptic sounding at least. Uh, Which makes sense. But... At the same time, these lyrics, uh, the cool thing about them is that none of them don't have a meaning. I'm, I don't know that there's really any possible way that anyone who isn't us listening to them would know what the hell they're about. But they, they're they all about specific things. 
whether they're metaphors or whatever. Yeah, some of it is really straightforward. Like, if we go to the next line. We'll go through some of them. Um, Yeah, we'll kind of highlight the ones that are are worth dissecting. Um, I punched the roof in my car. You punched the wall in your basement. Um, So that was about two literal times that you punched the roof of your car. And I punched the wall in my basement. And we can kind of... Yeah, know, that was If you want to talk about that experience. I'll talk about mine. You can talk about yours. Yeah, sure. Uh, I punched the roof of my car. I was just really frustrated in traffic, basically. I just kind of... I don't know. It's one of those days when you just kind of like... At least for me, I just... It was like all these little things kind of building up, building up. And I ended up being on my way to a show that we were playing. And I was stuck in traffic. And I ended up being... Like two hours later an hour later something mm-hmm. and it was just so incredibly frustrating and i just was like i don't know i punched the roof of my car basically yeah really i, really fr- I remember you telling you came to the show i came to the show and i was just kind of like oh <laughs> you gosh. told me about it like dude i got so fucking pissed that i just punched the roof of my car as hard which is, as i possibly could which was to me i fresh, mean a new experience it's just yeah. like you know not like a way that i want to be it's kind of like a shitty memory for me like when i lost control that much and that's kind of why it's in here that's why it's a memory that's significant enough to put in the song it's just at, like such a moment of frustration and like I, I don't usually get that angry or whatever but that was just a moment when i was yeah so. yeah and then me um to explain a little backstory behind this basement wall punch um <laughs> basically i was in the situation where me and a really close friend him and i were arguing and we were getting really frustrated with each other for various stupid reasons and being just kind of overly emotional about it and so i got so fed up that i first i punched the wall and i punched through it um and just in complete moment of rage and then i decided to go for round two because i still didn't quite get all my aggression out and i punched it again and i hit a stud and I ended up breaking my, I don't, I think it was my pinky. I actually broke the knuckle in my pinky. Um, then I had to wear a brace for a while and my hand was kind of fucked up for a few months. I had to go to the hospital. It was a whole thing. And yeah, it's just kind of, I think those two phrases, you punching the roof of your car and me punching the wall in my basement. Yeah. It's kind of a good summary of sort of what this song is about, which is about everything in our life. The simple shit that doesn't really matter, you know, like a girl talking to me at a show, and then the deep shit, like me, um, whatever. Well, we'll get into more of the deep things, but sort of all of that culminating and accumulating until it builds up and stretches stresses us out so much so that we just kind of explode. And I think this song in general is sort of a that. What's the word? The the re- the tension and then the release. It, it's sort of that relationship between you know the five four and the four four and that. Yeah. That's complicated, is- complicated rhythms with complicated guitar parts with complicated lyrics, which all just sort of culminate into this really complicated message. That is just where we were at at the time in our lives. Yeah, musically, just another note going along with that. Like we've said before in other episodes that some of the instrumentation is like communicates the themes of the song. And with this one, there's also between the verse and the chorus, there's um, a time signature change, but there's also a key change that happens. 
So there's really this moment when it goes into a new key and a new time signature that just feels completely different, almost this, I don't know, big release. Yeah, thing. that and is something end, that I forgot about. It does modulate a lot. Yeah, and then at the end, there's this uh, this sort of slow build, um, just uh, kind of a long section of just building, of just guitars, and then at the end, there's just this big old nasty I don't know. Just, you know, it's a really big, like, kind of... <laughs> nasty. Big old nasty section. <laughs> yeah, but there's, like, a big... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a build-up. It's building up to the final the final section of the song, which is this pretty big instrumental, followed by, uh, you know, a, a vocal part that sort of summarizes everything nicely. Yeah. And that sort of goes along with these moments that we're sort of encapsulating. Uh, that's not a word that we're capturing here. Just with the all those things building up and then being let out in a and, and in, in these cases, like kind of a negative way. A lot of a lot of the stuff that we talk about is stuff that we're kind of embarrassed about or stuff that we regret, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of struggled with. Just like I don't know, just like thinking like we let ourselves get to that place where we kind of lost it in these moments or whatever so yeah it's sort of that it's a combination between the simplicity and yet the complexity and i think that instrumentally and lyrically that that's kind of what this song is um and that kind of brings us to the next sort of notable i think moment which is sort of a it was kind of a theme in our life at the time which was talking about how we were full of rage from the tattoo money because we never had quite had enough. Um, and that's just talking about how both of us really wanted to get these tattoos, um, pretty big, specific tattoos that we both were planning on getting um, uh, that we never had enough money for. And we, and we went to various places, and there were times where we were literally going to do it, um, and we just didn't have enough money, and, you know, it was frustrating, and... It, you know, it's not the craziest, biggest thing in the world, but it's just something that was happening at our lives at the time. And so we just decided to talk about it. Mostly, I the think, because... I mean, the point is sort of like some of these things aren't the biggest thing, you know? Just mm-hmm. like being frustrated about not having enough money for a tattoo. Like, it's such a dumb little thing that doesn't matter. But it's, you know, it all they all like played a part in kind of the place that our minds ended up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And even, you know... um. If you want to talk about, you know, kind of go down the line here with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the next lyrics. Uh, the next one is... Largely about you. We can skip the... Yeah, you know, We can skip a couple of those. Okay, Maybe yeah, go down yeah. to the part about, about yeah. your mom. She told me to teach her lessons, which are everything I know. Like how to live in the cold, make my mom cry, and let my friends down. That's just three things that I felt really self-conscious about. Just kind of... Well, I guess not living in the cold. That's, that's just, just about. That's, that's just because we Minnesota. live in Minnesota, and it's just a frustrating place in the winter, and it's like we've just gotten used to it, and it's just sort of a metaphor for like other stuff in our life, you know. Whatever, read into that how you want, and then make my fr- my make my mom cry. Yeah, I did that several times. We've all been there, you know. Just 
a moment when I was kind of a shitty dude. An all-time low. Said something rude to my mom. Pushed her over the edge. Just feel bad about that, you know? Kind of a regret. And then, uh... And letting, yeah, just, you know, letting my letting, friends down. That's just kind of a feeling that I feel like a lot of people have a lot of times, you know? And I definitely have, like, you know... It's pretty self-explanatory, I guess. Just I feel self-conscious and, like, insecure about... And just bad about, you know, the friend that I am to people sometimes. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then moving on, because all we ever do is make pretty sounds that say too much about the thoughts we've been feeling. That's obviously, I mean, I think obviously, about, our, you know, our music and our artistry is... Yeah. That's true. just what we do. It, sometimes it feels like maybe that's the only thing that we have at times, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. just a way, like, again, it's just a way to kind of let all these frustrations out and even this song uh is a way to let some of these things was a way to let some of these things out for us in a way that wasn't you know punching things or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like we can work really hard and put a lot of energy into this song that ends in a really big climax or whatever and you know just say you know all these little things that we're frustrated about and not not be ashamed of them and like Stuff, you know, it's not like we're talking to all our friends like, oh, these are all the things that are, like, kind of hard for me in my life. But, you know, like, I'm kind of a baby because I feel bad that I can't buy a tattoo. Like, stuff you don't want to say, but then you can put a lot of energy into writing a song about Putting it. Putting a song. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, church money for sunflower seeds keep me awake. So that's kind of sort of metaphorical and kind of literal, just weeds. <laughs> When we go on road trips, we eat sunflower seeds to stay awake, and then... Uh, and I, I was kind of doing that for a while, just to stay awake just to while get I was home. driving home, yeah. Yeah, from random places. And uh, we work at a church, and we have for several years, I guess. So like at the time, all the money that we made was essentially church money, you know? And so <clears throat> it's just literally commenting on the fact that we use the money that we get from church to buy sunflower seeds to keep us awake, you know, Which and is, at the same time, it's a metaphor for what we are going through at the time, which was feeling like, I don't know, like we like needed to be track. kept awake, and like we were off track, we were like falling the, asleep, we were fading. It's a nice end of the verse, because it's just kind of like, there's all this stuff, we just kind of go through this random list of events, and this stuff that's just kind of piling up Mm -hmm. and then at the end it's just kind of like we want to stay awake and like we're doing this eating these seeds or whatever stay awake and it's just kind of a nice little metaphor yeah yeah and then that's when the chorus comes in and we switch yeah to a new a completely new section you know that everything every part every Big old nasty change up. Yeah, just completely all changes up. And then you come in with... Uh, Don't look back for me, I won't well, be there. Well, I guess there. first... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. happens first. Don't search those tracks for me, I won't be there. Uh, I guess it's just kind of the idea of moving on, trying to get past it, trying to get past all this stuff. Like, yeah, these are things that happened, um, or stuff that has weighed on our minds or whatever. And in the chorus... We have this change up, and then we're trying to say, like, don't look for me. I'm not back there. Like, I'm moving on. Like, I'm putting this stuff in the past. Literally, like, in a way, by writing it into this song, 
we're trying to put this stuff behind us. We're trying to just get out of these situations where we, uh, you know, get out of the mental state where we're thinking and feeling so just kind of shitty about all this, like, random stuff. It's just this kind of breaking out. I kind of feel like, I've always kind of felt like that. Don't look back for me. I won't be there. Don't search those tracks for me. I won't be there. It's just looking back at who you were or who we were or Mm -hmm. whoever and not recognizing the person that you see there. Like, wow, that was... Don't look at that song that I wrote. Don't look at that thing that I did because that's not me anymore. That's I'm a completely different person now. Um, And whether that's for good or for bad... And I think it depends on what kind of season of life you're in. Um, I think that's just kind of something that we all experience, you know, that feeling yeah. of that's not who I was. There's and then, so... oh, I was just going to kind of go on to the next part of the song. Well, well, I'll just say that, I don't know, there's just so much change in this song and so much change in us as people, even within the lyrics. I mean, you it, it almost is. It almost is. The song itself is almost... As you go from section to section, it's it's almost as if the last section wasn't even a part of this song at all. It's kind of a similar "Don't look back." It's not even yeah, and that and that literally happens. I because then after you say that, we kind of go into a new section where we we have that those harmonies. You know, I'm kind of doing the falsetto, and we're switching between. That was a good time. Um, we're switching between whatever. Yeah. notes that we're both holding out and it's kind of that release you know that, uh, you know um it's kind of a peaceful nice little part yeah there's a, it's a, there's like some dissonant notes and stuff too even in the uh verse the verses there's like you know that lead guitar with that little delay on it it's got some notes in there that are kind of dissonant and stuff and yeah. then this one's just really nice harmonies relaxing kind of yeah exactly whatever anyways we've talked a lot about that so on to the second verse. Yeah. Solo so, run. So, um, solo run. Shout out to Johnny Hall and Daniel Kirasev and, and Jason Kirasev, I think, was a part of that. So I think there was some dispute on, on that. <laughs> I, I remember them talking about, hey, that was our thing. Our friends did this thing that we love to do. They started it. We take no credit for this, but they kind of got us into it. It's <laughs> called a cub run. Basically, when you're hanging out with your friends, you go to Cub Foods to buy some food. Take a little Snapchat video, whatever. It's kind of like a little tradition. And they call it a cub run. Yeah, and then uh, so if you're Which going, is... and sometimes if if one of the people in this kind of cub running squad would go on their own, they would send a Snapchat to the group of them running into Cub Foods, and they say, and it would say uh, solo run. It was yeah, just basically. A name for going to Cub Foods when your friends aren't around. Which is, you know, kind of a metaphor also for... Not only did I literally, the night before we wrote this song, or maybe it was the night before we first showed it to Daniel, I literally had just gotten a solo run snap from Johnny the night before. Yeah. Not only was it a literal thing that was kind of happening, you know, actively, but it was also, that's kind of a metaphor for... How we felt at the time, you know, solo, Mr. Solo Dolo over here, kind of feeling lonely going to, yeah, sometimes that's how you feel. Like and even you're... though you're communicating, I think something I've thought about with this line 
is even though you're communicating to your friends, you just you're alone in it, and you're the only one saying the things that you're saying. Whatever you're like speaking to your friends, but they're just listening. They're not a part of the experience, and it's kind of crappier. You wish they were there with you. And it, everything's dark, and maybe you're still glowing, glowing in the dark. Um. Uh. Yeah. And then this is a pretty important note to highlight. Um, these thoughts are not my enemies. These thoughts are not my friends. So this is a reoccurring theme that also has a corresponding um, melodic motif that goes along with it. That This is the first time that those words are spoken on this album, even though this is one of the later... I, the first song that I, that I actually wrote that had these thoughts are not my enemies, these thoughts are not my friends... That phrase on it was piano song, which is actually also coincidentally the last song that you hear this line on on the album. Um, but this is important because it's the first time that we say that on the album as people will hear it. Um, and that's just about you getting inside of your own head um, and thinking what you think, thoughts. Um, and it's sort of this struggle between... Your thoughts aren't your enemy, and your thoughts aren't your friends. Like, I don't know how else to... I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, you know? I'll go into this. Yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. The things that you think a lot of the time are pretty neutral. The things that you experience are a lot of times a lot more neutral than you make them out to be. And this is something that we've experienced a lot. And just have realized a lot is that a lot of stuff is really what you make it. And uh, it's just... It's just you and your own, I don't know, in the end, it's just me and them, you know? It's just you alone with your thoughts, and you have to learn how to deal with them, and you have to learn how to cope with them, and, you, and like, a big part of that is just realizing it's not necessarily bad, at least the way, at least I think, you know, some of the feelings of, lo- like, loneliness or guilt, uh, a lot of that is, ends up being what you make it for yourself, yeah, it all kind of it all kind of just is what it is. Your thoughts are your thoughts and you're going to have them whether you have them or not. You know, you're going to have thoughts of sadness or anger or love or passion or sex or sex. And <laughs> <laughs> um, just kind of what what are you going to do with your thoughts and your feelings? Because you know? at the end of the day, that's kind of all you. you have. What you think about your life and about who you are. That's all there is. When you're on your deathbed, breathing your last breath, you're not going to think, oh, what did everybody else think of me? You're going to think, what did you think of you? And even if you do think about what other people thought of you, that's still your thought. You're still going to have to believe it for yourself or trick yourself into believing whatever it is that you want to believe. And and I guess the choice... You're trapped. The choice that you have to make is... What do you what what action are you gonna take? What are you, what how are you gonna think about your life and how what attitude are you gonna have? Mm-hmm. You know, to get yourself to uh, the place you want to be. And yeah. that's, I mean, even saying it now, like it sounds easy, but that's obviously like the whole struggle of this album and us as people at this time was just, you know, that's really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people struggle with that their whole lives. Yeah. And then we kind of go into, after that, we go into talking about an experience that we had in Mexico, kind of again, which is 
the second time that we've mentioned it on this album. Um, and we just kind of start talking about this experience of another oh, impactful shit, experience that this. we had there that in some ways was a nice thought. I think kind of escaping and thinking about something that was nice, but also a deep and sort of moving thought at the same time, but sort of separating ourselves from talking about everything that was happening and then looking about something that did happen in the past that was impactful, but it was also kind of a nice, but also fucked up memory. Um, so yeah, it's basically, Johnny, why don't you... Yeah, I'll take it away. Yeah, you take it away. This is the second uh, part of our album that has to do with the death of an animal that impacted our lives pretty greatly. Coincidentally, um, on the coincidentally, same trip. Yeah, that was not a good trip for animal kind. <laughs> uh, so we're in Mexico, and there's an iguana in the in the pool that they use to get water out of, or I don't know, feed, I don't know. They had yeah, fishes it was just kind of this brick was, structure that held water in it. Yeah, an irrigation pool or something. And there's an iguana uh, that was trapped in there, and multiple iguanas actually. Yeah. Actually, that's right. They they had fallen most likely out of a tree into this and they couldn't get pool out. that had stone walls, so they couldn't get out of it. So we uh, were kind of all gathering around, and people were kind of like, "Oh, let's get them out. Let's try to get them out of there." Blah blah blah. So we end up we end up through a series of different techniques getting them out of the pool and mm-hmm. took some ingenuity, some MacGyver type shit. I don't even remember if it was one of the people down there who had the idea to eat them. Or if it was one of us, oh, I don't from fucking think it was one of us, dude. It was definitely. I think it was. It was Mauricio's who, dad, I think. Wasn't it? I I don't know. Mauricio's I wanna, dad was I the wanna, one. Who, doesn't matter. Some, I guess it's not really. I, guess, I, I just want to see with this whole story, story. I don't want to. With this whole story, we're not trying to judge anyone for what they did or how they <laughs> like to live. But this is just like a really impactful thing to us. We're not used to like this kind of thing, and it's something that made us think a lot and just kind of wonder like did we just do something really terrible anyways we ended up the point is we killed these iguanas and it was honestly pretty horrifying horrific how we killed them so first um i'm just trying to say we're not trying to like bash the people there for if they're listening to this I just, don't want, Spanish I just don't want to cast judgment on them for, you know, It's just whatever. not something that we do in our culture here in Minnesota. In the, in the Minnesota frozen tundra, yeah. we don't you slaughter can, random lizards and eat them. You, the listener can think what they want about it. We can think what we want about it. We don't have to get into it. But, point is... Yeah, we had killed this animal, and, and we all had a part to play in it, which was pretty insane. We ended up... I... Yeah, I helped kill it, and so did you. We cut their heads off. We did. And I held the first one down. And it was actually pretty fucked up, dude, because they weren't even dead. They were, we didn't kill them before were, we slowly sawed their heads off. There was some <laughs> there was some debate about how to kill them, and I ended up holding Finally, one this on, local on this rock, and she brought a machete out or some knife and just started sawing. I think it was a saw. And it was, I was literally just, a saw. I was just holding it against this rock, we holding it and down it was as it was squir- Like they move really slow and weird mm-hmm. and deliberately, but it was just I could like feel it under my hands, yeah. just dying. And once their heads were, once the head of this first one was off, and it took a long time. It was not yeah. just like a whoosh. 
It was like yeah. Once the head was off, I mean, both halves of the body were like, you know, the nerves are just freaking They're continuing out. Continuing to and move. The, its tongue. The tongue it is was coming its out mouth of its and tongue. Yeah, opening and closing it in and its out. mouth, swinging its tail, tail. back and forth. We cut because she cut off the tail because it was inedible and fed it to the chickens. And there's just blood like pouring out of the head. But the tail continued to move around for quite some time. It was just way more intense than we expected. And then I actually sawed the head off of the second one. Someone else, yeah, someone else held it down. I think it was her. I think it might have been Juliana who held it down. Maybe I don't remember, but. I actually sawed the head off, and that was really, honestly, pretty horrific. I think I might have closed my eyes at one point. I just was trying to get through, trying to get through it, but it was really tough neck, and it yeah. took me a while, and finally it came off. And it was and the then same we thing. Cut it up, and and it was just I remember being like halfway through of both of them, and just being like being like you have you know you have God. to finish at that point, but mm-hmm. like. It's just so hard. Anyways. It was. And and one of them, the funny we... thing is that it's completely, they're protected under Mexican law, and it's illegal to kill iguanas yeah, was there. Very... This is like incriminating so it was, evidence. Not only was it <laughs> fucked up, but it was also illegal. And then we, she cooked it up, and we ate it. Well, I want to was... just say, first off, that when we cut one of the bellies open, a bunch uh, of eggs. I was th- no, I was One like, of them was, okay. Well, we can no, take it out of but one of them was one of them was pregnant and had a bunch of eggs. Or she was—I don't know if they just have eggs in their their whole lives. It was maybe. just really—it was very uh, suddenly up close and personal to the you know the process of killing animals and like this. I I feel like it was good for us in the sense of we eat meat all the time and we never think about that process and so we a little more had messed to, up because they're kind of a protected species, but. I don't know. I think it was good for me to to yeah, know at least. Impact and I don't know. I feel like we definitely could have done it in a more humane way. But just to realize what you're actually doing mm-hmm. when you eat meat or whatever. It's just something that we thought about, obviously, a lot. And I don't know. It was just really conf- – like, I remember afterwards just being like – it was just so fast. And then it was over. And we'd already done, you know – an unreversible thing that was really i don't know it's like a big thing we just like took the life away from this these two creatures and it and was there just wasn't over even and, that much meat and to and i don't know not not a lot of people talked about it a lot it was just kind of a weird fucked up thing that we did casual thing so whatever that was just something we put it in here because that obviously is just another thing that this whole song is just kind of a string of different things that weigh different on our mind. But so let's just explain the lyrics real quick. <laughs> uh, she fell into the pool and I pulled her out with a net. That was the iguanas falling into the pool and us <laughs> pulling them out. She thought I was her friend because they're innocent and they don't really know Jack Squatch. She was probably terrified. You were traitor to Mother Nature. We freaking killed Mother Nature's beautiful iguanas. Mm. I was a dust I was a dust face fool. We were just really dusty when we were down there the whole time. A lot of dust on our faces. Fool is just, we were really naive and didn't really, like, think that much. And then, okay, so then, you know, that's referring to us killing the iguana. And then, we climb a mountain and sit down just to look over the edge. We climbed a mountain when we were in Mexico we and it was just a another experience that we, like, thought a lot about. And it was magical. Yeah, it was, a, it was a cool experience. It's just another thing that kind of added to 
the whole sum of what the song is. We live in the dirt, but that doesn't mean we can't look out into space. I try to feel love, but that doesn't mean the stars don't put me to sleep. So let's dive into these last lyrics here. Sure. So it's a little bit um, even more metaphorical than it's thematically it fits because we were kind of living in the dirt at the time, but quite literally it felt like we were living in dirt, you know, not just that time that we were in Mexico, but it felt like we were just pieces of shit. You know, we live in the dirt, AKA we are trash. <laughs> That's just kind of how we felt, yeah. but, but also that doesn't mean that we can't dream big and we can't do awesome things. We can't look out into space and think of how life would be or have beautiful experiences, even though we are essentially dirt. I think it's just, we have, we know we have the capability, even though we're in this situation in the dirt is just kind of our everyday, you know, the you know, stuff the in our everyday life. life. We all experience we it. All, I mean, we have the capacity to dream and do bigger things and, like, think about things that are bigger, which is just looking out into space, you know, contemplating the stars, whatever. Uh, and then the next one is, we try to feel love, but that doesn't mean the stars don't put me to sleep, which is just, like, we, we can try to get ourselves to that emotional state where we feel love or whatever, some bigger, higher thing. But, uh, sometimes it's just, you just can't the stars put me to sleep. is just like, you know, an experience where you're trying to look at the, the stars or whatever. And you're just kind of bored, you know, it's just kind of just seems lame. It's just, mm -hmm. and that's yeah, just because life is, just because you have the spectacular or crazy or just because there's literally balls of gas floating in the sky doesn't mean that sometimes it gets boring and you just get fucking sick of it. Just because you have the capability technically to appreciate your life and to get yourself to a higher level of whatever, consciousness or like happiness doesn't mean that you do. Sometimes yeah. you just, sometimes it's just really freaking hard and you're just kind of bored yeah or stressed or whatever you know so then we have yeah, the chorus so this, again this brings us to so that's kind of how we go back into that tension release of the chorus instrumentation and then we kind of began just sort of this long instrumental where it was a lot of guitar wrote that i had written that was just kind of weird and not very repetitive which i thought was cool just kind of a lot of dynamic guitars that were mm -hmm. happening during this instrumental portion Followed by the ultimate release, which is kind of this break of silence and With this children. child making noises. Well, it's a bunch. It's a bunch of kids. It's a sound effect. Yeah. yeah. And some of the samples on this, a bunch of the samples on this other interlude track or whatever, came from a sample pack that I got. It's a free. It's a license free or whatever sample pack, and that's where we got the fucking lady making the moaning sounds it wasn't from like <laughs> Pornhub <laughs> I just kind of was listening to it today and realized that we just said that we put that sample on there and then didn't, didn't really clarify that we weren't actually from. watching porn to get that it was just this weird sample that I got in a sample pack from my school here I mean yeah it's true whatever anyways so there's just these little kids playing which you know just kind of brings you back like metaphor in a way yeah, I guess to me it was just like all of a sudden going all the way back to when you're like young and you just don't really 
just so much more carefree. There's like a moment of like remembrance of those days when it's just all this stuff. At least yeah, for me, like when I was a kid, laughing and yeah, when I was a kid, at least I just none of this stuff meant anything to me. It wasn't. I didn't have to deal with this kind of thought process. Yeah, totally. And then that just kind of brings us into then the final section, which is just this instrumental that we wrote, One you know, the... in similar fashion to how we write most stuff is just we wrote it. <laughs> yeah, there's a few guitar parts, just a few synth lines of... that you it's know, definitely a lot wrote together. It's a lot bigger. And then Daniel, Daniel's drums really brought this one, obviously, to another level. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then yeah, the kind of the the big moment, the big Kahuna, the big Kahuna. We got is when our first feature, Fetus's first feature. Yeah, and Josh only Gilbert feature. from Household. Yeah, we we reached out to Josh because we had the idea to we had the song completed and it was basically just everything that it is now except for Josh's vocal part and we had talked a while about having a feature and about we, <laughs> I think we could say this now. I, we for like uh, we really like this band called Household. They're from Minnesota. They're really awesome. But for like a while we were kind of like oh it'd be cool to have some a feature of someone and we were like dude wouldn't it be awesome if we could have josh from household like oh they'll never do it like it was just kind of this like dream almost as i don't know whatever and we ended up yeah i mean he you know that he lived out of state there were just a lot of factors they were they're a lot bigger of a band than we are they're touring they're doing all kinds of crazy shit like, but he's just a really nice guy we i just messaged him and i was like do you ever would you ever want to do a feature and he said yeah but i live in kentucky or whatever and he's like i'm coming back for these days i'll come do it and i and was it just really, worked out i mean it was it yeah. was a really fun experience to and kind of nerve-wracking just to have some random person that we'd only met once and probably didn't even remember us come to your house in you know in the morning it was like 11 yeah 10 or 11 on a sunday and collaborate musically i mean and yeah show him this piece of ourselves and ask him to be a part of it that it's just kind of a nerve-wracking yeah scary thing to be but it was really awesome put in that he, situation he's super cool we originally had like a bunch of lyrics and we're like oh maybe you can do this whole big part <laughs> just like super <laughs> naive having never really collaborated with any other artist we just sort of like, underestimated you know the amount of time we, that yet when we write something together we're along for the entire ride so when it comes time to record you just kind of do it but when you're just showing someone something completely new that they have no context for and have never heard before and then say okay now just perform the whole thing perfectly and we'll put it on our album in the next two hours yeah it's kind of ridiculous to say or ask that and he came and was kind of suggesting hey maybe we just kind of choose a smaller section to focus on and maybe just do that um and we were were like okay yeah sure we can do that and in the end it you know even just that small section took a long amount of time yeah to nail and to get enough material that we had something that we could work with 
but it was a really fun experience. It was cool to get to know him better and, and talk a bit about our experiences in the music industry, you know, compare experiences and hear a little bit about his band's success and kind of their journey. And then just also just watch him take what we had written and make it just so much better. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. He just... A lot better. He he was great. Like, he's, a, he, he's a really good singer. He's a really good singer, really dynamic, really, you know, creative. The melody line was... We wrote the... Or Jonathan, I guess, wrote the lyrics, and they were lyrics that, that we all really liked, and so we went for it. And, and it was crazy. There was one point where... He was like, oh, well, I could do it this way and then just did something completely different but equally as awesome. And yeah. we were kind of blown away, honestly, by his performance. It was really awesome. He was just really, like, I don't know. I felt like he was really professional. When he came in, remember we got the mic set up and he was doing the mic test or whatever? Yeah. And for us, even to each other a lot of times, just doing mic tests at like, that point was kind of awkward. Like, we just kind of... We'd just be like, check, yeah, check, 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 shit, 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 fuck, fuck. Yeah, and he was just like, right off the bat, just able to sing like super loud, super, I don't know. Well, just, it, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, really just good. like, <laughs> damn. So that was really cool. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. So we really appreciate him coming on and doing that, and we're excited for Thanks, everyone Josh, to hear it, because at this point, the album's not out. No one's ever heard that song. That was a long-ass time ago. It was. That was like last fall if not last summer yeah it was probably last fall for sure so, so yeah the lyrics we can talk about you know the lyrics and then kind of wrap up here um yeah i end wrote of the song end of the episode i wrote right. the lyrics for this part i think right? yep yeah and uh where oh it's, well damn take it out uh they're not written down yeah, they're not written here but it's like I feel like I know who I am, but I'm safe when I'm reading these. And I'm safe when I'm reading these words. But the moment I leave, I'm alone. Defend, Defend for myself, myself, and I'll get it all get wrong. It forget wrong. Like forget I always like do. I always forget what matters. Forget about you. It wouldn't be the first time. Okay. There's the <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> Could have just freaking listened to the song or played well, the clip. Maybe we will. We probably will. Play the clip, honestly. Anyways, it's for me. It was about a time when I would I would read the Bible, and when I would read it, I would feel like I understood stuff i think i was reading uh the proverbs and i would read it and stuff would make sense and i just feel really peaceful and like yeah i get this like i can do this in my life and things just made a lot more sense and i felt like i had an identity and then like as soon as i would stop and i would just go back into the world and just instantly fail at everything that i wanted to do mm -hmm. and like uh hurt people and I don't know. That was like a big thing for me is I guess that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a good way to end the song with the way that we end a lot of songs, which is honestly just with ultimate despair and hopelessness. <laughs> um because that kind of is what it's about is just forgetting what matters or forgetting what you think that matters and forgetting what you think matters and then just being left confused and yeah. feeling it's just crappy it's an experience Shitty. like it's an experience that parallels the release of frustration when we punch the wall and punch the roof of our car it's like we have all this stuff beforehand and it's kind of you got you got some ups and downs and maybe all this you're stuff. even and there feeling is a okay lot of, at one point you're feeling good yeah and there's a lot of content there that is significant but then at the end it's just like there's this one thing 
that just kind of pushes you over the edge or whatever, even musically or whatever. And it's just like that was that's something that was really hard for me at the time was feeling this feelings of guilt or shame or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and you know, for me at that time, it was like those were the things that were that for me that yeah. were the almost losing it moment of like you know i just can't i don't feel like i can deal with this or whatever just yeah so i mean take that how you want there's a vocal chop in this song there's some bunch of different synth parts I don't yeah know. what's the just I'm listen trying to, to remember it. what the vocal chop was just keep me awake oh yeah yeah it's just a piece of the singing line that we chopped which is a cool it. line to put as the vocal chop because it is just that reminder of like trying to stay away all the other stuff, not fall whatever. asleep make it through trying to see through the fog yeah so that's kind of i mean that's pretty much it that's kind of the summary of our song yeah there was a time when we were going to and maybe we still will we were going to call the song earth dwellers star, comma base lookers, lookers i think yeah, I star lookers um yeah, gone so through a lot of titles for this if, song. It's going to be interesting seeing what we actually name the song because that's going to be the title of this episode, but we don't even know it yet. <laughs> so awesome. stay tuned for that. Hope you liked listening to our episode. Um, Just want to say thank you again to Johnny Hall, Harrison Norstead, Daniel Karasev, Lydia Clemens, Austin Blumberg, Josh Gilbert, and Mauricio and his family. Everyone who helped and supported us in making this album and anyone who's listened this far. And yeah, please, if you haven't heard the album, give it a listen. Yeah, you can uh, find it online. You can find all of our stuff at www.fetusband.com. Thanks. Bye.